come. Nobody's going to blur those lines. Amen. Amen. I thought about that, the fellow talking about that song. Uh, That's the kind of, we just need to make up our mind that we're going to stay by the stuff and the old paths and the old ways. And it's God's way. God said he doesn't change. So no sense in us changing. Thank God for the privilege of being here tonight. I do love your pastor and his family. Uh, They just have been so kind to me ever since we met. I have no idea why in the world they took a liking to me, but I'm glad they did. Uh, I've sure taken a liking to them. I love them, and they've just been wonderful, wonderful fellowship. And uh, we, we both like books. We love books, and we swap books. And I was thinking the kids sang a song tonight, too. I think it was the first song. What was it, Brian? Pardon me? What was the second song then? What sins are you talking about? I came across a verse today. I bet you your preacher will preach on it someday because I got it out of the book that he lent me. And I wrote a Baptist bread story today. I have a daily devotional called The Baptist Bread. And I read this today. The children of Israel have been in Babylon in captivity, and now they're coming home. And it says in Jeremiah 50 and 20, In those days and in that time, saith the Lord, the iniquity of Israel shall be sought for, and there shall be none. And and the sins of Judah, and they shall not be found, for I will pardon them whom I reserve. Boy, I tell you, if that doesn't sound like something we got, and this is a New Testament day and age, I don't know what in the world is. I tell you, what a blessing. I thought about the song, too, the brother sang. Uh, I want you to look in your book, if you would, to Zechariah chapter 4. Now, the preacher has talked to me a lot over the last months. He always says, we get done at 8 o'clock, except when there's an evangelist on Wednesday night. Well, we're going to get done at 8 o'clock tonight if I have to quit in the middle of the message. Uh, yeah, he'll say that, and then he'll talk about me down the road of life somewhere. In Zechariah chapter 4 is where we're going to spend our time. But you remember in our book, in the third chapter of the book of Exodus, is the story of Moses being confronted with the burning bush. And inside of that burning bush was an angel. And uh, the bush, of course, was not consumed, nor was uh, the angel affected by being there. There was some communication between Moses and uh, the Lord there in that situation. And he was instructed to go back to Egypt and uh, deliver the children of Israel. And he, made the, he asked the question to Moses, who am I going to tell them that sent me uh, to come here? And the angel spoke to him out of the burning bush and say, I am that I am has sent me. And my thoughts tonight, if you look in Zechariah chapter 4 and verse number 1, it says, And the angel that talked with me came again. I would not be surprised if it was the same angel uh, talking here that talked way back then. But in verse number 10 is a little thing I want to talk to you about. It said, For who shall... Who hath despised the day of small things? For they shall rejoice and shall see the plummet in the hand of Zerubbabel with those seven. They are the eyes of the Lord which run to and fro 
through the whole earth. He said, uh, uh, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro through the whole earth. The same God that dealt with Moses out of the burning bush is the same God that dealt with Zechariah and uh, the folk here. He's called the Lord of hosts in verse number nine. And the same God that we have to deal with and that deals with us is the same God that we serve tonight. My thought is this, and it's kind of like what our brother sang a moment ago. My, my title is, I don't always have a title, but my title tonight is, The Great I Am Still Is. The Great I Am Still Is. God says, I still am here. In the book of Genesis chapter 1, our book, our great Bible starts out, In the beginning, God. God made everything out of nothing. And if God made everything in this world that we can see out of nothing, I'm going to say to you tonight that God can make something out of you. Uh, We're not much when you get right down to it. Uh, We remember the pit from which we were digged and the rock from which we were hewn. It's still a big job for most of us to get out of some of the messes that we get ourselves into. But thank God tonight that God is still here to help us in these days in which we live. I want to say this, and I'm just going to hit, oh, eight or ten things, kind of like skipping stones on a uh, smooth pond over the heart of your life tonight. But I believe this. I believe that God is still saving people. I believe God is still saving people. I was preaching the other day in a church, gave the invitation, and a young man sitting over on that side of the building, he raised his hand that he was lost. I think he's in his 30s somewhere. He raised his hand that he was lost, and as most evangelists do, we ask the question again, is there anyone else here uh, tonight that's lost? And he raised his hand the second time. I, I said, I see that hand, young man. I gave the invitation, God being my witness, from about halfway back in the auditorium, he put his hand up. He walked forward all the way to the altar with his hand up. He was letting God know that he was a candidate for redemption by the grace of God. God is still saving people. I believe salvation comes to anyone who would come to God in faith believing. I was preaching uh, in Indiana some time ago within the last year or two and a lady, uh, she came to the service that night and she testified. Now I think this is a good thing to do. I've done it myself. It's a quiet, real quiet place where the pastor used to live. I used to walk in that cemetery up there by that First Baptist Church in Chickamauga. Uh, you don't get disturbed much in a cemetery. Those people are all, they're all laying there just quiet as can be. She said she was walking her dog in the cemetery. And she met a lady in the cemetery who was walking in that same place. She just casually started a conversation. She invited the lady to church and the lady came to church and got saved. I believe that God is still saving sinners. I believe the hounds of heaven still know how to hunt and they'll find their prey if God will use us to do what we ought to do in regard to witnessing. 
then I believe that God still able to convict sinners. The great I am is still able to convict sinners. I believe in old time Holy Ghost conviction. I believe without conviction, there will be no true conversion. Now you're not gonna believe this, Brother Gravely, but it's the truth. I, God laid this sermon on my heart to preach probably uh, whenever you asked me to some few days ago. And uh, we've talked about this story since I've been here. I think we talked about it yesterday. But I didn't remember that this story was in this sermon. And so I'm just going to be faithful to my notes. And if he was going to use this illustration, you'll have to wait six months and nobody will remember it then anyway. But this is an old, an old man was telling uh, Bob Jones Sr. this story. He, this man had served in the Civil War and he served in, the, it was in Mississippi. They was there, there were a hundred tents and a measles epidemic had broken out. Many young men had died really probably during the war between the states as many people died of sickness as they did from bullets. But uh, the sick had been separated and the ward master was visiting bunk after bunk after bunk where young men lay with the measles. And he came across a very sick 17-year-old boy. And the 17-year-old boy said to the ward master, he said, sir, I'm going to die. I'm not a Christian. He said, my mother isn't a Christian. My father isn't a Christian. He said, I had no Christian training at all but I'm going to die. He said, I never went to church in my life. He said, when I was a very young man one time, I went to Sunday school as a boy. He said, there was a woman there that taught a class. She was a good woman. She read from the Bible and she told us a story about a man by the name of Nicodemus and said that Jesus told that man that he needed to be born again. He said, sir, I don't want to die like this. Could you get the chaplain and have him come and talk to me? The man telling Bob Jones Sr. the story, he said, in those days, I was an agnostic. And he said, I told that young fella, son, you don't need, you don't need the doctor. You don't need, need him now at all. You don't need the chaplain. Uh, I think you'll be fine. Just, just be quiet and get your rest. He said, an hour later, I came back by. And the boy was a little sadder and much sicker. And he said, Ward Master, uh, won't you please get the chaplain? I, I, I'm choking. I, I'm going to die. So the Ward Master concerned a little more. He went and got the doctor and the doctor came by and uh, mopped the boy's throat. And when he turned away, he said to the Ward Master, this boy is going to die. An hour later or so, the Ward Master came back by and he saw the same fella. And he said, there's no use, Ward Master. I, I, I've got to die. And I'm going to die, and I've never been born again. He said, could you please go and find the chaplain for me? The Ward Master, I mean, by then, that boy had crawled into his heart. And he said, all right, I'll, I'll go. I'll, I'll see if I can find him. He said, I, I started away. And he said, I stopped in my tracks. He said, I turned around and knelt down beside that dying boy. And he said, son, I'll tell you myself. He said, I'm an agnostic. I don't know if there's a God. 
I don't know if there's a heaven. I don't know if there's a hell. I don't know anything save this fact that my mother was a Christian and she knew God. And I'll tell you what my mother used to tell people. He said, you can try if it works and see it might. I don't know. But I want to teach you a scripture that my mother drilled into my mind. And he said, you can quote it along with me. My mother said, if you would believe this verse, do what it says, that God will save you. He said, repeat after me, for God. And that little fellow laying there, 17-year-old boy said, for God. So loved. He said, so loved. They went all the way down through John 3, 16. And the ward master started to refer to another verse. The boy closed his eyes, folded his hands across his breath. And in a whisper, he said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He stopped a moment and he said with a strong, clear voice, praise God, Word master, it works. Your mother was right. It works. I have been saved. I will not perish. I have everlasting life. You ought to try it yourself, Word master. This thing works. Now I'll tell you something. God still is in the saving business. The warden master told Dr. Bob Jones Sr., he said, I was at a loss for words. But with tears, he said, that lad was right. It does work. And there by his dying cot, I too trusted Christ as my Savior. I believe tonight that God still saves sinners. God still is calling men to preach. God is looking for men. God is looking for young men like are sitting in the front row and he's looking for middle-aged men. He's looking for folk that would surrender. God is looking for preachers. He's looking for a man. You remember Eli, he had some boys. Uh, they weren't the best of boys. His sons were fading fast. There was a little gal in the uh, that part of the world by the name of Hannah. And she didn't have any children, uh, but she sure wanted a boy. And God gave her a boy by the name of Samuel. God still answers prayers. Uh, this is a little poem. You've probably heard it before. I prayed many a prayer when no answer came, though I've waited patiently and long. But answers have come to enough of my prayers that I'm just going to keep praying on. God gave Hannah a boy, a man to judge Israel. God used him in a wonderful way. I believe God is still calling missionaries. I've got a son on the mission field today. He was paralyzed. I probably told the story. I'm not going to go in detail tonight. He was paralyzed on the whole right side of his body when he was a 14-year-old boy, but God has raised him up. He's serving God. He's getting ready to start a new church October 1st down in a town in Mexico that has no gospel witness whatsoever. 
whatsoever. God, God is still calling missionaries. God is still looking for people who will go. You know, a lot of guys, they want a big work. Boy, they, they want a salary and they want a retirement package and they're only 23 years old. Goodness gracious. You know, it'd be better off if you just took a little church. You say, why should I take a little church? Because there'd be fewer people for you to mess up is one reason. God can see the future. God's got plans for you. You know, when God showed up on this planet, he came as a little baby. Just a little baby. Hardly anyone took notice. A few shepherds out in the field. A couple years later, the wise men came. But God had a plan. God had a mighty plan. Gideon was a mighty man of valor. He didn't think so. He was threshing wheat in a wine press. He was hiding out from the enemy. He didn't look like much. He didn't feel like much. But if you will make yourself available to God, whether he chooses you or not, he can use you in a wonderful way. We read tonight, and I'm not even emphasizing it, for who hath despised the day of small things? Who cares if it's little? Who cares if you just got a minute part in the work of God? It's a wonderful thing to be involved in what God's involved in. God still wants to fill men with his Holy Spirit. I was reading through a book. I think I sent your pastor one of these books on the Holy Ghost. It's the best book I've read on the Holy Spirit besides the Bible, frankly. And the fellow talked in there about a little verse of Scripture I never really noticed it. It got a hold of my heart in Galatians chapter 4 and verse number 6. Right tucked in the middle of that verse, it said, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts. Do you realize tonight if you're a born again child of God, the spirit of Jesus' son, excuse me, God's son, Jesus Christ, is in your life tonight. My, it ought to help us to live clean. It ought to help us to live holy like our brother sang about. It ought to help us to walk in a straight and pure pathway in serving our God. Oh, I think God's still using this wonderful old sword, this wonderful old King James Bible. I think God's still looking for an Esther. You know, sometimes we leave the ladies out, but thank God for Christian ladies. Thank God for Christian mothers. Thank God for ladies of the faith, mothers in Israel that stay faithful to the things of God. God is looking for an Esther who will stay holy and clean and available for such a time when God desires to use her. I think God still wants to encourage us. The great I am is still bringing hope to a lost and dying world. The great I am still has the ability to send revival to a nation and to a city and to a life and to a church. You know, the old songs, old songs of Zion. You know, where could I go? Oh, where could I go? Oh, where could I go but to the Lord? Does Jesus care? Oh, yes, he cares tonight. God still wants to help us and encourage us. You know, God still is looking for a good Samaritan. 
God's still looking for somebody that'll pour some oil and wine and put a little money in somebody's hand, the innkeeper's hand, to help someone else through the trials of life. There is enough discouragers out there tonight. You ever run into, you know, I run into people, they see the negative in everything. You know, you give them a donut and they say, oh yeah, but there's a hole in the middle. Well, thank God there is. You weigh 400 pounds. They, they can see the negative. And, listen, we need some folk every once in a while. There'll be an encouragement. Be a blessing down the road of life. God still wants to use us to be a blessing. His grace is still sufficient. For every trial, for every circumstance, for every situation, for every difficult. Hey, God can still raise dead Lazaruses. He can, take, he can take some loved one of yours that's on a spiritual sick list tonight and he can raise them up and get them serving God like they used to in the past. He can get us, he can deliver the dead. I mean, there's a lot of folks around the religious obituary. We, old people used to, when I was a kid though, my grandparents, they'd read the obituary. They lived in a little town. Both my grandparents lived in little towns in Michigan. I, th- I said, Grandpa, why in the world do you read the obituary every day? Oh, I just want to see if my name's in there. <laughs> I, I, never, I wondered about that. You know, they don't, you hardly see an obituary. You don't even see a newspaper anymore, hardly. I'm so glad tonight to have it down in the depths of my heart that Jesus can show up every once in a while. The great I am is still a wonderful presence in our life. I don't know if you believe this or not. You've got a wonderful church to go to. But a lot, a lot of churches stink. They need help. I had a man call me today. I had the pastor call me yesterday two times. This man's the deacon in that church. He called me two times yesterday. He called me again today. I've been preaching that church for several years. I would say four years ago they ran 200. Some trouble got in that church. Some terrible things have gone on. Last Sunday, they had 37 people. It's a tragedy. It's a tragedy. God help us to realize that God can still help us to keep, get our heads thinking right about things that don't matter. And the whole mess in that poor church is stuff that really doesn't matter. God can restore He's still in the restoration business. He's still in the refreshing business. He's still in the revival business. He's still in the renewal business. He still has resurrection power. You know, people want to see somebody that's living and alive and doing something for God. God can do anything but fail. Anything but fail. (laughs) And I want to tell you this tonight. He's still coming again. Now, this is the strangest thing to me in the world. But I do it, and probably most of you in this room do nowadays, especially young folk, and I'm not young folk. But we get our news on our telephones. And I I got up this morning, and I looked at my telephone, and there was a, a little article there about a man by the name of Stephen Hawking. Stephen Hawking is reputed to be the smartest man in the world. He has one of the highest IQs ever recorded in all of history. He has Lou Gehrig's disease. He sits in a wheelchair, has been in a wheelchair. He can't talk. He has to have one of those little things that he can talk strangely through. Uh, He's all atrophied up. 
I read the first book he ever wrote. It was called A Brief History of Time. I thought it was probably one of the biggest wastes of my time to read The Brief History of Time. So he didn't know much about anything. But his, the article that today that I read, I read three sentences. I would think that these boys on the front row could give a one-word answer to all of the questions and worries and queries that he had in that article. He said this today or yesterday. I am convinced that humans need to leave earth. <laughs> Friend, we are going to leave earth. It's called the rapture, Mr. Hawkins. He, he's talking about being overpopulated and we're using up the resources. He said humans need to leave the earth. Thank God I'm getting out of here one of these days. And then he said this. He said, spreading out. He's talking about going to, out into the universe and getting on other planets beyond Mars and Jupiter. And all. We're going there someday, guys. Guy ought to get him a Bible. He said this, spreading out may be the only thing that saves us from ourselves. The only thing that will save a man from himself is Jesus Christ. He's the only one who could do it. And then he said this. He said, the only places to go are to other worlds. We're going to another world. The redeemed are going to a place called heaven. Hallelujah. You're not saved tonight. You're going to a place called hell. He is still, God is still coming again. One of these days, the trump of God will sound. We'll hear the voice of the archangel. The skies will split with his glory and we will shine in a new day and a new heaven and a new home and a new Jerusalem for the rest of eternity. Hallelujah. 22 minutes and I'm done. Did I beat the record? I don't know. God bless you. Hey, I want to leave this in your heart tonight. God still is everything he claims to be and a whole lot more. I mean, a man could talk for two hours about what God still is. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. His seed will not go begging bread. He can solve the problems of your life, the most difficult things that ever come across your path. He can handle them with ease. Nothing, nothing is too hard for our God, hallelujah. God still is on the throne tonight. He reigns not only in heaven, but he reigns in the heart of a born again child of God. God still is. Hallelujah. Go ahead, do what you want to do. That, yeah, that's him. That's him. God still is tonight for you. You say, I got a problem. I got a mountain so high. I got a river so wide. I got a desert so dry. Hey, God is able to help you in whatever problem you might have. Why don't you come tonight, put it on this old-fashioned halter and say the God that still is, the God of Moses, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of our brethren in this lifetime, our forefathers in the faith, our God still is tonight. And he wants to help us. Give us hope. 
Give us life. Give us blessing. Take your burdens to the Lord and just leave them there. God bless you.